Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I can say to you, hey, I'm gonna show you how to live a better life. That's yeah. part of what I hope this does, cool. right? Is to show you how to have a better life with Jesus. But Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm gonna show you how to have, how to have a better life. He says, I am the better life. Welcome to Theological Much Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Riley. And today we're going to be talking about some crazy stuff that Jesus said that we think can be impactful for your life. So I think that um, just before we even get started, like just thinking about all the things Jesus said throughout his life, it's kind of wild to like think about. Like if my child looked at me when they were 12 and was like, well, I was, I was in my father's house and I left them on a trip, like a three day trip. Like, I just couldn't imagine my child looking at me and being like, I'm in my father's house. What do you mean we were supposed to leave? I would think of a horror movie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like how little kids are. Yeah, they're just like there. But it's so weird. Yeah, these are things that we, I mean, there's a right. I mean, the Gospel of John says that if it was written down everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough pages in the whole world. So yeah. this is not an all-inclusive list, but these are just some things that we personally have read and have been like, wow. That's crazy. I feel like that's insane. Yeah. So, crazy thing number one. In Luke chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's pretty crazy. Now, do I think that obviously, based on the context of scripture, mm -hmm. right? Because Paul's like, hey, Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah. So Jesus isn't saying, hate your wife, right? He's not saying that. What he's saying is that, and a lot of theologians have said this, is, this isn't groundbreaking, but in comparison to how much you love Jesus, it should look like these own things. And and sometimes the way that I read this is I think if, if the way that I am living, if I do not hate the way that I just naturally live, I can't follow Jesus. Like if I'm satisfied in my marriage and everything and I don't think that there's something wrong with me, then then I can't be a follower of Jesus. And why I think this is crazy, especially in today's context, is we have so many people who are like, they, there's this, just this idea that you are good. You just got to be your genuine self, right? You got to be your true self. And and you're you're you were made this way. You're awesome. You're perfect. And the biblical claim is actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that as I read this verse, I was just looking back at it, and it says, "If anyone comes to me but does not hate his own father and mother and wife and child and brother and sister, yes, even his own life cannot be my disciple." It just it's just wild to me to think like Jesus says that you have to hate these people in comparison to how much you love me then you cannot be my disciple and i think about so many people that are living and running around saying i'm the disciple of jesus but love their life more than they love the life mm -hmm. of jesus more than they love the sufferings of jesus more than they like doing what he says we should do and living the way that he lived and so it's just kind of wild to me to think like or or why did you even start following jesus yeah did you follow Jesus because it was just, you know, you live in the Bible belt and that's just what you do? Yeah. Or because it was a genuine desire for change in your heart and you realized, man, I need Jesus. Yeah, because... I can I can remember like when I like realized 
that like I needed to hate my own life. Like I was like, I, I don't want to live the way that I'm living now. And I want to live because I love Jesus and Jesus come into my life and changed my life. And if I'm being honest, every day I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Like every day I kind of feel like, gosh, I'm so pathetic <laughs> and I'm so messed up and broken. And I hate the way that I love you or that I love our, our baby or that I love other people. I hate the way that I do that because yeah. I'm so imperfect and I need Jesus very badly. Yeah. I agree. And I, whether that's like, you know, a theologian would probably look at me and be like, that's not the way to interpret it. But to me, I read that and I think you need to hate the way that you live. Because if you don't hate the way that you live, you're not going to be able to follow Jesus because he's offering you an entirely different way to live. Yeah. And I think that's it. Just like living a different way. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. Number two. Yep. Number two. Do you want to read this one? So Jesus said to them, this is uh, John six fifty three. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of, of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. I mean, like, let's just become cannibals. Yeah, that's very crazy. <laughs> you know, I think I know that there's a lot of interpretations that come around this verse. But as for us, mm -hmm. I'm speak for us for a second, so correct me if I'm speaking for us wrong. No, but, you're probably correct. Uh, the way we interpret this is that Jesus is specifically talking about, he's foreshadowing and talking about the Eucharist, communion, mm -hmm. and receiving his blood and body and communion. And uh, actually, uh, if you've watched any of the Father Darrow videos, he makes a really good point of, you know, for those who are like, well, this is just metaphorical. Well, if it's metaphorical, when the crowds start to leave, Jesus doesn't just say, hey, this is metaphorical. I wasn't really meaning this, right? They say, this is a hard teaching. Yeah. So if it's metaphorical, why wouldn't he just go through and say, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just being metaphorical. I don't really mean you got to do that. And so I think given the context around it, mm -hmm. that he's really meaning you've got to consume his flesh and drink his blood through communion, which is insane. That's like just a crazy, crazy thought. Like what, it is really crazy. what other faith is there in the world that says anything remotely similar to this? None. None. Right. I, I just love at the end where it says you have no life in you. Going back to what I was saying before, like, how can you say that you are full of life? How can you say that I'm a disciple? How can you say I'm going to heaven and I have security in that salvation? How can you say that if you do not eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood? How can you do it? Yeah. Now, I think that people can take other scriptures and, like, it can go way too, like, literal. Like, I don't think every scripture, like, Jesus is not, like, the literal door that yeah, we're going to Yeah, he doesn't have a through. knob, you know. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I do think that it, it's important to register what the early church believed about this concept, that communion was literally the presence of Christ coming to dwell with us, and we were t partaking in that. We were receiving Christ as our Lord in that moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's super important that we take this outrageous claim of jesus because that's outrageous like to think that we eat flesh and drink blood but jesus says that if we can't how do we have no life yeah if you're not doing this you you don't have his life in you which i think is another crazy aspect of it of when you're receiving communion receiving the eucharist you're, you're not like just life yeah like don't get me wrong i think that when you believe and call in the name of jesus you have eternal life mm -hmm. right and I know everybody's going to be like jumping like, what do you mean? Where are you standing on this stuff? I, hey, I don't understand everything. I don't have to. I believe when you call in the name of Jesus, you have eternal life. But mm -hmm. somehow when I receive him in communion, I am getting eternal life. More. I'm eternal receiving life. eternal life. Yeah. And 
I don't understand how that works, but it's a thing that Jesus said. And I think that that, I mean, think about that. Like Jesus is saying how supernatural this is, that when you're around other believers and you receive communion, whether that's in a high church perspective or like a liturgical perspective or just, you know, a low church perspective, that you're literally receiving the blood and body of Jesus, that we have through the Holy Spirit, yeah. the power to have this just bread and wine turn into our the blood and body of our Savior to receive that. That's insanity. Yeah, it is really wild. Like if I told you I could turn this mic into a toaster, <laughs> you would be like, that's crazy. But when we see the Bible and it says uh, this bread and and wine turns into the blood and body of your savior we're like ah it's just do you think that we just don't believe it and we say like we scream metaphor because we can't comprehend it i think that i think that we have a tendency because of our post like modern era to de-supernaturalize things because we don't have an explanation for them yeah i think that we have a tendency to go well how in the world could this still remain like how could this be bread and wine, but yet it's the literally the blood and body of Jesus? Yeah. That I don't have a scientific explanation for that, and it's really easy to just go, well, the, well he's being metaphorical. metaphorical. Yeah, I would agree. So I, would I, agree. I think we de-supernaturalize it. Mm -hmm. So last point. <laughs> yeah. Well, last point for this yes, conversation. Yes, last outrageous claim that we've read is, it's not the last, but the last one we're going to talk about. <laughs> John chapter 14, verse 6. We really like the book of John in this segment. I know. Well, no, just two. We yeah, we're just two out of three. Matthew and Mark, you're out of here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to we'll include you in another episode. Next video. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, going back to the door. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, he's a literal doorknob. No. <laughs> literal doorknob. He's probably made of mahogany. Yeah. Um, What's the doorknob made of? Copper. Oh, copper. Because the nails. Oh, okay. I don't know if the nails would have probably been iron. <laughs> anyway, why I think that this is crazy is, again... I'm the way and the life. I'm, I'm the, the way, way the, the truth, truth, and the life. life. And no like, one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. I think it's pretty crazy. What? Too. Think of the comparison. This is just how I think, but I compare this to other faiths. Like, Buddha says, hey, if you follow me, I'll show you the truth. Mm -hmm. And then you can find the truth within you. I'll show you how, how you can find the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, you think of even Islam. Muhammad brings the truth of Allah. He's like, hey, if you follow me, I'll show you the truth. There's all these people who are like, hey, I can show you the truth. But Jesus is radically different in that he says, no, 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 no. I am the truth. Mm -hmm. Think of how weird of a statement that is. If he, He's saying he's literally truth in itself. Like whatever is true, that's what Jesus is. That doesn't, like, if you just read that, you go... Or whatever oh. Jesus says is true. Yeah. Like, that's that's a fundamentally different statement than, oh, I can just show you what the truth is. Mm -hmm. Or show you the way. But it's like, I am that. Yeah. Jesus is also, the, like, there's no, like, showing you the way to live or what the truth is. It's just like, no, Jesus is the way. And he is that truth. Or, like, even, like, even here, I'll, I can tell you, I can say to you, hey, I'm going to show you how to live a better life. That's yeah. part of what I hope this cool. does, right? Is to show you how to have a better life with Jesus. By the way, that is Jesus. He's the way, the but, truth, and yeah. life. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm going to show you how to, have, how to have a better life. He says, I am the better life. Mm -hmm. I am the life. That's what I am, is life. Yeah. I think, too, going to the second part of that verse where it says, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a, that, to me, is like 
almost even more wild which i think that they coincide so well because like obviously the way the truth and life is jesus and when you have jesus you can go to the father you know we pray to the father in the name of jesus all these things but to like talk about just the father himself for a moment i think that people throw a fit and say well, the holy spirit is the forgotten like part of the trinity there's no way it has to be the father because we're all just so obsessed with jesus and the holy spirit we're all so obsessed with Jesus and what he can do and then the miracles that the Holy Spirit does. But like the Father is up there and he was the one who so graciously gave us mm. Jesus. Mm. So graciously gave us the Holy Spirit. And he's up there and he he's longing to be with us. That's mm. why he created all of this in the first place. Just desiring to be more with the Father, registering that that comes through becoming more like Jesus by living the way that he did, by understanding the truth that he is. And just, and just knowing the love that Christ has, has so graciously loved us with. Why we talk about all these crazy claims of Jesus, right, is we're on a journey of searching out Christianity mm -hmm. and seeing what all it has to offer and learning from people of different faiths, right? Uh, well, of different per faith perspectives within Christianity, mm -hmm. not different religions, but within biblical Christianity, historic Christianity. Mm -hmm. And... There can be this idea that, like, of religious plural, pluralism, where we think, well, you know, we're just being loosey-goosey, and you get to heaven however you want to get to heaven. And I hope that these verses show that's not what we think, and that's not the claim of Jesus in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Jesus' claim is that he is the only way mm -hmm. to eternal life. Yeah. There is no one else. Buddha can't do it for you. Allah and his prophet Muhammad can't do it for you. Your works can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you except King Jesus. And that should make you ponder something. That being on this journey of, of finding the fullness of the truth in Jesus and in Christianity is an exclusive thing. It's going to require you to give up or sacrifice things because he is mutually exclusive. He is the only way. Yeah. And there's, you're going to have to give up things in order. I mean, if there's only one door, that means you can't go through another door. Yeah. And so you're going to have to choose, okay, I can't go through these other doors. So that's why I think it's important. So, yeah. hey, if you have liked this episode and you want to see more stuff about your journey and faith in Christianity and how to have a deeper relationship with Jesus, check out the videos next.